I'm sure you all want to thank the praise team for leading us in worship. So we're in a series, uh, for those of you who are new, uh, all of our guests that are with us, glad you all, all are here this morning. Uh, but we're in a, a series, a, a six-part series. We're in the second part of that series in which we're just asking the question, what do we believe? And I just simply want to ask you right now, just ask this question, what do I believe? Ask yourself, what do I believe? So when we talk about this question, the reality is that we have a lot of different filters that we use to talk about what we believe. We have this, uh, the filter of, uh, of the scriptures, both the Old Covenant as well as the New Covenant. And we use that as a filter to determine what it is we believe. Or, or we use the uh, traditions of our faith. Uh, we look back at all of our traditions and we bring them forward and we examine them, we explore them, and we allow them to help form us in understanding what we believe. Or we have our personal experiences or a wider experience that uh, helps us understand what it is that we believe. And so all these filters come together and we, it's like lenses to a glass and we look at uh, our faith through them and we determine what is it that we believe uh, by all these experiences, these opportunities. So in this one, what we're doing is we're looking at the Apostles' Creed. Uh, we're examining what we believe by looking at the Apostles' Creed. Now, last week I gave you something that I really want you to learn. So in, in the six-part series, I'm going to go over this and over this and over this. So you might as well right now take out a pen and write this down on the teaching notes at the very top of the page. Uh, I don't have a space for you to write this in, but I want you to write this in. And, and it's simply I talk about how uh, the purpose of a creed, the purpose of, of the creed is D, the letter D to the third power. The letter D to the third power. The first D stands for defines. The Apostle Creed defines what we believe. And then we go to the second D, and it talks about it defends. Uh, the truth is, my friends, that there is a lot of stuff out in the world in which you and I live uh, that is out there that is false teachings. And so we need to have our, our faith defined so then we can defend our faith against all of those false teachings. And so once we have our faith defined and we have, we have a, a defense to give to our faith to the false teachings, then we need to be able to defend, or de, I'm sorry, you define, defend, declare, and we need to declare our faith to the world in which we live. And, and that's one of the reasons why we come to church. We come to church because we want to be able to learn how to, uh, how to define our faith, and we want to learn how to defend our faith, and then we want to learn uh, and have the courage to go out into the world to declare our faith to the world, and that's why we have the Apostles' Creed. And as we go through uh, these six parts, we're going to be able to help each other learn how to use these three Ds. So the earliest form of the Apostles' Creed, history, history lesson right here, the earliest part of it, uh, the form of it comes to us from the year 140 A.D., 140 A.D. And, and what happened is that our forefathers uh, got together and that those fathers uh, determined uh, from their experience and their traditions uh, to be able to define what we believe. And that's how we came up with the Apostles' Creed. 
Now, let me just say a word about that because I used the word fathers there. Our forefathers, uh, 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 this is kind of an old statement, but I'll try to bring it new. Uh, and, the, and the statement is this. Uh, all, most men have a really good woman in their life. And so while I talk about the fathers of our faith, the fathers of our faith who wrote the Apostles' Creed did not do it without the influence of women. So do I get myself off the hook for using fathers of the faith? Okay. So we have the, the, the 140 AD uh, brought forward, and it was about the 3rd century BC, uh, I'm sorry, 3rd century AD, uh, that we begin to use the creed in the baptismal service, that when a person was baptized, uh, they would have to declare their faith by reciting the Apostles' Creed. And then once uh, they did that, the, the Apostles' Creed started to be used in worship like we're using it in about the 9th century. And, and so what we have here is the foundation of our faith. And if you look at each segment, it will help define what we believe. So last week we looked at the statement, I believe in Jesus Christ. And we said that we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and is also the Savior of the world. Uh, this morning we're going to be looking at the theme of the Holy Spirit, rather evident with all the music that we've sung today and everything that's been said. So uh, we're going to be looking and exploring what that means, the Holy Spirit, for our living and for our faith. So I'm going to invite you now, at the very top of your teaching notes, you'll find the scripture for this morning, John chapter 14. I'll begin with verses 15 through 18, then I'm going to jump over to verses 25 through 27. So I invite you to listen as the word of God is spoken and revealed to you. And Jesus is speaking these words. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. My friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. So if you look at the very beginning of this text, what we find is these words. It says, verse 15 starts, if you love me and keep my commandments, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. Now, if you go to verse 26, it says the same thing. Now, what we understand this word advocate to mean, it comes from the Greek word paraclete, not parakeet but paraclete. And in the Greek, what that means is that it is someone who comes alongside of you. A paraclete is someone who has come to be your guide, to be your friend, to be your companion, to literally walk alongside of you for whatever is going on in your life, the paraclete will come and be with you. Now, what we find, this text 
comes directly from that moment in time in history just before the ascension of Jesus into heaven. What we know is that uh, Jesus lived, he was crucified, he died, he was put into a tomb, he was uh, risen from the tomb within three days. After the three days, he, he continued to reside with his, his disciples, his friends. Uh, and, and so what we know is that just before Jesus ascended into heaven, he said these words. And so Jesus is simply saying to all his disciples and to all people that were listening, I'm going to send you a paraclete. God is going to send you someone who's going to be with you, who's going to guide you, who's going to support you, who's going to be your companion. Jesus says, I am not going to be here with you physically, but the God is going to send the Holy Spirit to be present with you, a paraclete, a guide. So this morning, I just want to simply share with you three things. It's going to be short because we have today 28 people joining the church. So we're going to be short today. So here we go. Not all at this service. So here we go. Here's what I want, you, I want you to write down first. The Holy Spirit is God with us. The Holy Spirit is God with us. Now we're going to hear a lot more about this in just a few weeks. That season is called Advent. And we know that the word Emmanuel that we sing so often it simply means God with us. But the Holy Spirit is God with us. So I was trying to figure out how is it that I can best describe this in, in a short period of time. And, and I came up uh, with a story that happened a few months ago. Um, a few months ago, my friend, one of my dearest, dearest friends, uh, was in the hospital. Uh, I didn't know why he was in the hospital. Nobody would tell me why he was in the hospital. So when I entered into his room, this friend of mine who is usually vivacious and exciting and, and somebody that everybody wants to be with, but my friend was sitting on the side of the bed with just a, a, blank, a blank face, just gazing off out the window, no expression, nothing. So I went around and stood in front of him, and I, and I said, I'm just glad to be here with you. He didn't say anything. And so finally I said, you know, tell me, can you just briefly share what's going on? And he said, the man upstairs has left me. And I let that go for quite a while. We didn't talk. I just reached out and took his hands. And men, this is something that we can all learn to do. Men can hold hands with other men. And so I just took his hands and stood there, being a presence. And then he stood up, and he got right in my face, and he said, where in the hell is God? And he sat back down, a blank stare in his face. Now, he answered it this way. What we know is that God has sent the Holy Spirit to be in this place. There's not a crevice in this room. There's not a crevice in society where the Holy Spirit isn't. 
And so often what we anticipate with our faith, because we have said, yes, I believe, and then we have started to live our lives. And, and what happens is that we live our lives and we say, okay, the Holy Spirit is everywhere, so the Holy Spirit's going to come into my life. But here's something that we need to learn. The God that created and creates is a God who does not want to impose God's self onto us. Are you with me? While God, uh, God works in mysterious ways, and sometimes God uh, works and intervenes in people's lives, and I do not know why God does that and why God doesn't do it at other times through the Holy Spirit. I, I don't get that. I'll ask that question one day. But here's what I know. What I know is that God is everywhere. The Holy Spirit's everywhere. But the Holy Spirit, God, does not require me to be in relationship with God, in communion with God, but rather God allows me my free will, my free will, to relate to God or not to relate to God. And boy, that's a hard lesson. It's a hard lesson for me when I, when I believe in my early, my young faith that God is everywhere, so, so God must just be turning God's back to, my, to me. No. Look at this text. Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8. You might want to just write this down. Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8 says this. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receives and he that seeks finds, and to him that knocks, it shall be opened. You see, what I want to say to you is that the Holy Spirit is everywhere. The Holy Spirit is in this place, available to us, but what we need to do is we need to knock. Many of us have seen that picture of Jesus standing at the door and knocking. What you and I must learn to do with, so that we can gain the power of the Holy Spirit is to simply knock because it will be given to us. And many of us are trying to live our lives uh, uh, saying, yes, I depend upon God, but we never knock. And we never ask God in. God is there. God is, God is all around us. The Holy Spirit is present. You know, it's like me and my parenting. When my children were much younger, I could, I, could, I could tell them more or less what, 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 they, what they should do. But can you imagine, for any of you who know my daughter, she's not in this worship service, but, she, but my daughter who's now 29, going to be turning 30 sometime soon, can you imagine me telling my daughter that, you know what, you, you, this is how you got to do it? If you're going to relate to me, no. Same with my daughter. I'm allowing her to live life. And when she wants me to be present in her life, I've, I've shared with her this passage of Scripture, knock and it shall be opened unto you. So how many of you are sitting in this room and, and you know uh, that, you, that you've surrendered your life a long time ago or some of you have not yet done that? And you're wondering, why is it that I don't feel God's presence? Might it just be that we haven't knocked? 
the Spirit of God is available, wants to come and flow into our lives. Here's the second thought I have. The Holy Spirit is wisdom with us. The Holy Spirit is wisdom for us. Look at verse, chapter 15, verse 26. When the Holy Spirit comes, the Spirit will teach you all things. When the Holy Spirit comes, you knock, the Holy Spirit comes, and the Holy Spirit is going to teach us everything that we need to know and how to live our lives. So let me get you to think back. Um, the earliest remembrance I have of, uh, of, of a teacher that I can name um, with, with their name, uh, I, have, I had some great elementary teachers, but my first one is uh, from junior high school. Uh, some of you would call it middle school. I'm dating myself. Um, but uh, is Coach Kuchulakis. Uh, Coach Kuchulakis, uh, to be able to pass uh, the class, uh, you had to be able to spell his name three times on a lit match, K-O-U-C-H-A-L-A-K-O-S. Uh, to this day, uh, I can do, still do that. But he, he, he was a person who had great talent in teaching physical education. He, he was a drill sergeant in the Marines, and uh, he taught us that way, but he had great knowledge, and he shared great wisdom of how to apply that knowledge in everyday life. Or, or how about, can you, th can, you, can you think of a name of, of a teacher in high school? Can you, can you call them by name? Uh, for me, it's Harry Jacobs. Uh, Mr. Harry Jacobs, just a tremendous man. Uh, an an African-American, we were living in a very, uh, uh, in a remote part near Tallahassee where the KKK was still alive. And Harry Jacobs spoke the truth into me and wisdom into me about how to be a white person living in a world where, where, where blacks are still considered to be uh, uh, less than um, equal. And boy, he had great knowledge and he had great wisdom. Can you think of a person in college? For me, it's Ray Fisher. Now, Ray Fisher was my the theater professor. And what Ray did is he taught me great wisdom. He had textbook knowledge, and he had this great ability to take textbook knowledge and help me to visualize it and see it and to live it out. Wisdom. How about for those of you who went to graduate school? Can you think of somebody there? Uh, for me, it was Billy Abraham. Uh, just, uh, he was an Irishman who, who taught uh, evangelism and taught theology. Great teacher. He could take knowledge and take it and help me to live it out. And that was the wisdom part. See, what the Holy Spirit is here for, the Holy Spirit, when we knock, we open the door, what we're going to get is we're going to receive teaching. And from that teaching, then, we're going to receive wisdom in order to live it out in our everyday lives. But if we never knock, and if we never open ourselves to the presence of the Holy Spirit then we're never going to receive the teaching, which we then can take and put it into action, which is the wisdom. Here, listen, listen to this phrase. Uh, I, I'm not sure where I got this. Wisdom is more than facts, figures, and formulas. Wisdom is discernment. Wisdom is truth. But the right truth, at the right time, for the right reason, for the right person. 
See, what, what, what we need to be able to do is we need to be able to say, okay, I, I want to knock on the door. I want to open the door. I want Holy Spirit to come into my life. I want to be able to receive the teaching. I want to be able to take that teaching and then live it out in such a way that I have this wisdom, not only for myself, but also for those who are gathered around me. Are you with me? Oh, that's not sounding really good. All right? So let's try it again. So I have wisdom, the Holy Spirit present, right? I knock on the door, right? I invite him in, right? I apply that wisdom into my life, right? I ask for that wisdom, right? I assimilate that wisdom, right? I take that knowledge and that wisdom and I share it with others, and that's the passing of the Holy Spirit to others through us as well. Thank you. Sometimes it's a hard crowd. Here's the last thing. The Holy Spirit is power in us. Power in us. I found a story long, long, long time ago of a father and a son. The son was 12 years of age, and it was the first time that they went backpacking together. So after a pretty good day of hiking, the father knew that there was going to be a lake at the end of the path for that day of hiking. And so the father, when they approached the lake, the father said, son, why don't you go down there and find the exact place where you want to set up our tent? And, and, and so the, the son went and found it. And then the father said, well, why don't we get some stones so we can build our fire pit uh, so we can have a, a good, safe fire tonight? And so the father started collecting stones, and the son went over, and he found the stone, but, but he couldn't pick it up. It was just too big, and he couldn't roll it, and the father saw this. And so the father said, son, are you using all of your resources? And the little boy said, well, daddy, of course I'm using all my resources. I'm using every ounce of my being that I can. So the father didn't say anything else, and the son just kept on trying to roll that stone over to the fire pit. Father asked again, son, are you using all of the resources that you have available to you? And this time the son got angry and started crying and says, daddy, I'm using everything I know how. And then the father said, but son, you haven't asked me for help. The truth is that many of us are just like that boy. We're going through life. We have difficult decisions to make. We're going through life, and we have all this stuff just in a pile. We're trying to live. We're trying to live with joy. We're trying to find excitement in life. And yet, the, what the world throws at us is like this stone. We can't move it. So are you able today to simply say, I'm tired of doing this on my own. I may be facing deep depression, deep despair. I'm tired of living on my own. So I'm going to knock on the door, and it's going to be opened. And the wisdom and the, and the knowledge of God is going to be poured into me because I've asked for it. And I'm no longer going to try to live my life on my own, but rather I'm going to surrender my life 
each and every day, each and every hour of, the, every, of every day, of each and every minute of every day, I'm going to surrender so that the Holy Spirit can come and give me what I need to live life. Not just eke out a living, but to live life with fullness and with joy. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of living this other way. I'm ready to say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come and dwell within me. Holy Spirit, come, mold me, shape me, remake me. Holy Spirit, come and engage my heart and my mind so that I can experience the fullness of life. So when I say I believe in the Holy Spirit, I believe that that Spirit is available to each and every one of us. And all we must do is simply knock on the door and it shall be given unto you. So that's God's promise. So either we can claim it or we can just walk out of here the same way we walked in here. And that's our choice. Let's pray. Come Holy Spirit. Remake us. Reshape us. Make something happen in us today that says we, we know you are present, we know you are everywhere, but we go to that next step where we say, come Holy Spirit, enter our lives. We're knocking on the door and we want you. So come paraclete, come guide, come the one who walks alongside of us to be our companion in life. And so we offer this in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen. amen.